Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Annie Gibson. And today we are joined by Josh Howie. God, you guys are so positive. In your intro, they're like, yeah, it's me. Tits and teeth, Josh. Tits and teeth. That's what we're saying. One of those. (laughs) (laughs) We like to sound enthusiastic, don't we? We feel that that, people are cheering. They want this energy. They want this, like, take me out of my life. Is that what you're saying? Well, um, if, if they wanted a lovely quiet time, perhaps they'd be listening to The Archers or something okay. like that. I don't know. This you know, right. just for a bit of quiet murder. Or do you think they're yeah. on the, they might be on the running machine? And this is their, like, get up and go part yeah. of the run? Hey, 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 You hey. can do it, you can do it! Yeah. <laughs> You're not shit! There, that's my motivational okay. crap for you. There you that's are. That's right. How's that? Ed, let's talk about you, Josh. Oh, God. Okay, so you're a stand-up comedian, writer, and a dad of four... Fucking four kids, man. <laughs> and not even any twins. Just bang, 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 bang. bang. I'm just getting them out there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. How, how old are they? Six, four, two, and zero. No prime numbers for Josh Howie. Yes, he I likes them even Stevens. Well, for now, for this yeah. year. Oh, oh. <laughs> the next year. Yeah. Are you, are you going to have the... Uh, the female circumcision? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I will not be having the... I'm just hoping for the menopause. I'm so hot. I'm so yeah. hot. That's I hate true. you. I hate you. Yeah. I love you. Fuck me. Don't fuck yeah. me. As long as you don't have sex for 10 years, we're fine. Having yeah. four kids is probably enough to keep you tired enough not to, you know. No, no, no. We have a very healthy sex life. Good, 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 good. I'm, I'm yeah. comfortable talking about sex. It's fine. <laughs> you might want to rethink the old. Whatever shall be. Well, you just have to trust in the Lord. Yes. Jesus provides. Yes. He's joking about Jesus, I'm Jewish. Was that on my list? (laughs) (laughs) So you've you've done comedy all over the world, including India, Ireland, France, China, Thailand, Switzerland, Finland, Estonia, and America. And you were a um, presenter on Sky Movies for four years. Yeah, thanks for rubbing in. Was. Was. (laughs) I did, there was a whole thing about like writing, you know, some people are just presenters. Yeah. You know, but, and they just turn up and they get given their little blurbs and they do it. And then some people go and I would write little funny jokes and whatever. Were you like a modern day Steve Priestley? <laughs> yes. That's my dream. I That's don't, I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'd was, love to be that guy. It was amazing. So you <laughs> wrote your own order cues? Yes. Amazing. Yes. Oh, oh my, my God. I love how you say that to him, right? The other week, I was fi- I was uh, filming a television show yeah. myself, actually. Here we and, go. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, I was very flattered because like, um, someone in the crew said to me, oh, have you, you've never done auto cue before. And I said, no, no, I haven't. And he was like, well, you're doing really well. So I said to him, oh, um, someone on the crew said um, that I'm just doing, like, they're really surprised about how well I'm doing at the auto cue. And she went, 
What? Raiding? <laughs> There's like, much more yes. to it than oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. Also, I barely even used the autocue. It was all memory for me. Really? Yeah, phenomenal memory. So obviously you're a movie expert. What's your favourite film of all time? Oh, God, that's like the... That's the hardest. Tell us a that's joke. The, you're a comedian. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, it's just, uh, it's just like which genre and year. Okay, well, this, this fits a few of those in terms of a Venn diagram would be Annie Hall... Oh, and I've got I'm afraid that's incorrect. The answer the... is Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, moving on. Annie Hall is one of the best films. I do like Annie Hall. But it so defines me, that film, uh, to the point, you know, I watched it when I was maybe 16, 17 and almost based my adult persona on that, that character um, and then internalised it to the point where I but don't Diane even recognise yeah. I'd yeah. love to be Diane Keaton. I mean, that oh. is my ultimate crush. But yeah. I, when I got together with my now wife, they had a. Uh, they'd done a reprint at the Curzon. You made because a that's weird, kind of wankers um... that I am going to Curzon for a reprint. <laughs> and I was like, "You have to come and see this film. This film defines me. If you don't like it, there's no point in us being together." And then she came along, and then she was like laughing all the way through the film, oh. like, oh, but forced laughter. Oh, forced laughter. And then she was like, "Oh, this film's amazing." And then after we'd got married and had kids, she finally revealed to me, like, "Oh yeah, I didn't think it was all that." Just no. like stabbed me in the heart. She tricked me. That harlot, she sussed me. Not in. even the bit where they're having the conversation on the balcony and there's the yeah, subtext. The yeah, no, there's a, ah! no, I think she just. I think I think I freaked her out so much. Too much pressure. Too much pressure to love this film that she just was just freaked out. Do you? And do you think that maybe you freaked a person out by saying like that this, your yeah, judgment of them as a, as a human depended on whether or not they, they enjoyed ninety minutes of a film by someone who married his daughter? Do you think well, that might freak her out well, a little bit? Just you, a little bit. Well, when you say it like that, it makes me sound like an asshole. But, <laughs> but I will say that I have an absolute advocate of judging books by their cover. If someone said they didn't like the Wire TV show, and I know that's now become almost like a sort of cliche in its own right or whatever, to say, but for me, that is one of the greatest art forms, uh, certainly one of the best television shows. If you don't like it, I'm not going to be your friend. I don't want to know you. I don't, there's no point I was having a conversation. She hasn't seen Top Gun. I don't know if I really love oh her yet. Oh my God, wow, that, that's like... I, 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 I grew up in Well, Australia. when I got together with my wife, she hadn't seen The Godfathers. She hadn't watched like Soprano, all this stuff. So basically, the first she few raised we by together, wolves. Well, this you no, locked she, her in a basement with a had, DVD player. No, she had a happy life. She had. A, she <laughs> oh, was out there oh, partying, having fun, having friends, talking to people, communicating, and being just a healthy human being. And like you say, I actually did pretty much lock her away for about three months. <laughs> gave her the the full on Josh course in popular culture yeah so we could then have a conversation that wasn't about our feelings excellent okay excellent. so what else have we anything else you want to tell us about me what i else? wanted to talk to you about your upcoming radio sitcom called losing it it's called josh howie's losing it because i had to get my name in there of course you did that's it's what you like, have to do what's it about it's uh it's about the the first season he says optimistically is about uh us my wife and i having our first kid so i've not bothered to change any names or I have no imagination I basically chosen these instances that basically happen yeah I maybe did some rejigging and whatnot but it follows from the first episode of finding out that she was pregnant all the way through to giving birth you know I don't know if it's come across yet so far but I'm a bit of a dick so <laughs> that, Are we all? Yeah, yeah but you know that's what I look to for my comedy so it's taking the uh, the dickish parts of it, but coming like I want to, you know, I'm I think I'm a good stroke great dad. I love being dad and whatever, but you know, there's that kind of overinvestment of myself 
in, and fear that comes out, and it comes out in me being a dick. And now that's funny, and they made, you know, it hopefully makes for, for a great sitcom, but they all, it all came from truth. So it was like, like, my wife called me to tell me when I was on the way to a gig in a car with someone else who I didn't like, who was giving me this lift. Uh, and she called and was like, oh, I'm, you know, I was like, hey, what's up? She's like, oh, I'm pregnant, and whatever. And I had to be like, Oh, okay. So then my then my wife was all pissed pissed with me because like I hadn't been like I mean, you know, and then I called her back as soon as I got to the gig, but I was like, You should always ask if you're free to talk before you reveal big information yeah. like that. So it's sort of this thing that just kept It's your on. fault, you dickhead. Well, she, well, <laughs> she did it wrong. She did it she should have waited till I got you could have waited two hours. Yeah. And I would have got home and then, you know, that's the way you would picture it, you know, or you piss on the stick together and then there's some crying and all that shit, you'd see the line appear. And she took that from me, and now I'm the dickhead because <laughs> I didn't like get all excited when she told me because I didn't want this guy to know. So that's the sort of, that's like the thing that happened in reality that then builds into the sitcom. So it's basically me being a dick, but I think right at the same time. I think you're an ideal candidate for a game we played on the podcast recently with Tim Downing uh, called Did Our Husbands Really Say That? You've got a late edition. Yeah, I do, I do. So Why don't you try it out on Josh? Yeah, that's, I, I was thinking um, I could I could use that tonight, actually. Um, I started running yesterday for the first time in, I can't remember. Mozeltov. Many thank yous. Uh, and so I, I put on an old sports bra and a, you know, a really old... Don't need the full details. Oh, yes. Do I, is this part of the story? Yes, you do. Oh, really? Okay, sorry. Yes, okay. you do. Colours, give me the colour. Yeah, anyway, woman's talking. Okay. Um, so I went went for <laughs> a run and I came, I, I, came, I came back and I said, oh, I think these sports bras made my boobs look a bit weird, Will. And he said, yeah, it has. You look like you've got the boobs of a 56-year-old man. Did he really wow. say that? Okay, now that that's different. There's no <laughs> Is because it? That, no no no. That's not. I mean, I'm, I disagree. I don't think he should have said that at all. No. I think that was a very stupid thing to say. But you don't disagree. She does have the boobs of a fifty-six-year-old well, man. The audience, the people listening, it. can't see what I'm seeing at the moment. He's currently <laughs> looking at the ceiling and blushing. Yeah. But um, no, uh, no, that was that was a very stupid, and uh, I would never agree with that. No, the things that I'm talking about <laughs> are things that are like. Okay, this morning we went went to a cafe, and as we're leaving, she's gonna pick up some cupcakes. And my wife has a thing where she doesn't check the prices of things before she does it. Now it's some like wanky cafe. It cost two pound seventy for this tiny cupcake. She was getting three of them, and I was like, I knew she hadn't looked. I was like, Have you looked at the price? And basically, I was like, No, we're not getting these cup. Like, we're not getting these cupcakes. And we I refuse. So now we we haven't spoken pretty much since we had a massive argument. <laughs> on the way from that now hopefully by the time the podcast comes out we'll have made up but we haven't spoken since that point because, but that that for me was like so I sort of banned her from buying I'm not I can't allow another human being to spend £7.50 on three cupcakes like for me that now the way I said it was wrong I was a bit aggressive and all that stuff that doesn't make me wrong so I was a dick but right that's always my motto like so it's you know and then she was like well you should have let me buy the you know the thing and then told then we could have talked about it afterwards but then you then you know but this has been an ongoing thing for many years about not looking at prices like you know you're in Tesco's she's not looking at the deals she's not going she's not doing <laughs> Ellie would agree with you there you know what I'm saying she's yeah. not going she's just picking up a big of you know some some uh, spinach 
and just go, oh yeah, we've got spinach, there we go. It's going, no, look at that one. That one is two for, you know, so you're paying double, you know, she's not paying attention. They, they were vegan cupcakes. She hadn't. Oh no. Vegan cupcakes, no. £2.70. No it was butter. insane. It was totally insane. Never. And uh, so that, so that's the sort of, now does that, now is that a dickish thing for me to ban her from buying these cupcakes? What, what, for a man to remove a woman's economic power? I don't know what you're talking about. How yeah, that yeah, okay. Well, okay, well then, uh, yeah. Again, when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> she was so embarrassed, that's how I got her to not buy it. Like, I can't stop her from buying it. Right. But I can be such a dick that she just wants to get out of the shop as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's almost the same back. thing, isn't it? It's funny, isn't it? It's almost the same thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I'm not, like, like st- taking her purse away or not, like... Shall we, shall we move on to the other bit of the, the thing I was going to say? Yes, oh, yeah, go oh, on. God, there's still okay. going on. I've I know. done so much in my life. I know, we've, we've moved through three sentences oh, already. No, okay. I know what's coming. Okay, I so... I know, you were, paper. I know I cut and paste it from the oh, internet. God. Oh, God. So, so, so you're a family man, Josh. Yeah. You've had four kids, but... You know your your mum. Your family life was slightly different. You were the, you are the son of legendary PR guru Lynn Franks, who inspired Jennifer Saunders' Adina Monsoon from Absolutely Fabulous. Well, thank you for bringing it up last, because at least the listeners may have got to know me as a human being. Yes, rather and a dick. than yeah, as a dick in my own right. That's rather I, I could have than, done it at the start. No, 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 that, no, no. I appreciate that. That's that's thoughtful of you. Yeah, so thank you. So at least no, now I have some identity own, of my own. You are your own person, John. Yeah, I was. It's fine. I was. We're going to spend twenty minutes chatting about what your wife does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the first fifteen minutes of this podcast, I was my own person. Yeah, but now exactly I'm right. the son of Lynn Franks. That's right. And okay. you were raised as a Buddhist. Yeah. And you said you used to do a bit of chanting so you could get stuff you wanted. Yeah, well, like was, you sort of pretended to be a Buddhist. It was called it's a it's Nishiran Shoshu type, but it's a Japanese form of Buddhism, and it's it became very became very popular in the eighties, and it was a very materialistic type of uh, religion where so but you would chant for what you wanted. So it was like perfect for the eighties because it. Now they would argue that I you want chant, a really large phone. I want no, a really no, large phone. It's no joke. Like that was it. You would chant an hour. You'd chant like forty-five minutes in the morning, forty-five minutes in the evening. Yeah. And five minutes of that was dedicated to world peace, and mm-hmm. the rest was you were meant to like basically it's manifestation. So, but you're meant to chant, and you literally you were encouraged to like chant for a BMW or whatever. In my case, being eight, nine, ten years old, I would like what I would do is I would chant. My mum forced me to chant. Like we had to do it. And then I'd be like, well, it's not working because, you know, I was chanting for a new bike and I haven't. And then suddenly I would get a new bike. So I did then realise, oh, well, this is how I can get what I want. But I say, oh, mum, I've been, you know, I've been chanting for a Sega system and for like a week now. It hasn't hasn't manifested. I don't think this Buddhism works. (laughs) (laughs) Cha-ching! Sonic the Hedgehog. Let's do it. But when I was 16, 15, 16, my mum then got into... Native American culture. Spent an Easter in America, living with these Native Americans. I did a sweat lodge. I did a vision quest. So all this stuff. Then I got back to boarding school, being a posh boy, and like would tell people like, oh, my name is now Blackhawk, and <laughs> I can dissolve clouds in my mind and whatever. And they were like, who the, what the fuck? You know, so I had no, so then I had no friends. Yeah. And then, and the way that I put together, and I did an Edinburgh show about this um, a few years ago, was by, when I was 18, I went out to Israel and I uh, trained to be a rabbi. Fair enough. As you do. Yeah. That was my way of rebelling. Yeah. And then when did you realise that the rabbi thing was perhaps not for you? When I fucked a girl. <laughs> the orthodox, there's no, men and women don't touch at all. Yeah, so we were in male dormitories, even the cleaners were men, like it's that segregated. And we had a weekend off, we went to Tel Aviv, I met a girl on the beach, 
from Rome, Roman Catholic, uh, like with a cross, like the uh, like the exact opposite, you know. And so there's a festival called Tisha B'Av. It's the destruction of the Second Temple, and uh, it's a very sad day in Jewish thing. And I knew that everybody would be down at the Wailing Wall for the big service. So that I had like so an hour window. Time to get it on. Let's go to let's go to the dormitories. <laughs> yeah, and then one you can the, make my wall wail anytime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, and one of the one of the head rabbis walked in. What did you say? What do you say when you're fucking going? Oi, vey! I sort of like he kind of opened like knocked oh, on the door oh, half oh, opened oh. it. I literally sort of picked her up and threw her in the cupboard, <gasps> like thinking I got away with it. But he'd obviously seen something, and then. They called me in and they kicked me out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about Stephen Tyler said that when he watched Spinal Tap, he just didn't laugh at all because he was like, but this is, this is oh, real. This is, my li- this okay. is what my life yeah. is like. Why is it funny? Yeah. Um, do you feel like that about Absolutely Fabulous? Is it that close to the bone oh, or no? Yeah, it was a bit weird. Yeah, when we first, again, it's, it's weird. I, I remember this one scene in particular where she's on the mobile phone going into her office speaking and then she's like, and I remember it getting massive laughs because it was fine. And now, of course, this is what we all do. But this is like sort of pre-mobile, you know, but it seemed like so hilarious. That was something directly what my mom would do. She would be on the, you know, all the way up to the point of meeting someone. Of course, now that's just part of it. But uh, I hadn't thought about it like this. No, I thought, you know what? I thought it was really funny the first season just as a comedy series. And then it just got shit because it just wasn't as funny anymore. It was a bit Did surreal. you know it was about her from the Yeah, start because it? it was all... Yeah, I mean, to give you the... I was 15, 16. I, okay. My character was in boarding school, which is where I was. If you want the full lowdown, I mean, this is somewhat boring to me, and uh, but I will... I'm sure it's Yes, not, we do. Come on. Yes, sure. come on, come on, come on. I'll, I'll just get it out of the way. They were really good mates. They they met. That My mum actually did their PR. They came to stay with us on holiday. They were up one night late, all drinking and whatever. And my sister, Jess went downstairs she must be 12 13 time and told them all off and was like we're you we're the kids and you're the adults and we're all trying to sleep and you're all being noisy and stuff like that. they thought that was hilarious they did a sketch in the tv series the character was called jess after my sister and then they did the sitcom from that but my mum knew about it before it came out because the script editor was Ruby Wax, who was friends with my mom so my mum got a copy of the script saw that it was basically her life and it was like the nanny the the, mm. the my mum's secretary uh assistant was basically like looked like but you know my mom my grandma looked like that the kitchen looked the same the bin it was all like was she pissed off your mom yeah yeah she was just hurt because this was her mate and uh this was a really good friend of hers and then it came out and then it was really funny and then i think that sort of helped Mm. obviously but no she was totally hurt are they friends now no no uh they're not enemies or anything Mm. but uh and i guess if we were more litigious culture things might have been more (laughs) But it's sort of not the dumb thing to go, you know, but I imagine she could have sued and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it was so... So that's that's the AbFab thing. That's a, I think that's almost all I that's have it. to say about it, but that is it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. yeah, you talked about already how you kind of rebelled against your mum doing the rabbi thing and all of that. When it came to being a parent, how much are you like your mum's oh. parent? How much have you rejected uh, no. her parenting style? Or Well, when you say... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's very hard to say my mum has a parenting style. Yeah. <laughs> Does nannies count as a parenting style? I guess... Yeah, you know, it's a I mean, I had yeah. like I wrote an article about it a few years ago, but I had something like 30 nannies in eight years or something crazy like that. My mum was on the phone 20 minutes after I was born to work. That was a lot, and that's fine. But for me, and I went to boarding school about 10 minutes from where I actually lived so but I'm not there's no like blame or anything it's a different culture and she was an icon or is an icon in a way you know she was out there just getting the work done but I think now and I think she would agree as well is you know I think now we hopefully like every generation you look to the past one and you hope to correct their mistakes slightly Mm. so maybe there was an imbalance there and hopefully now the idea is that we you know but I definitely am I love you know, love being a dad. I love being around my kid. You know, and I so I have, I'm very hands on in a way that my mum, yeah, never or my dad really ever ever were. But that's I'm not. That's not like a play. I think that's just almost like no. a generational shift. I think everybody. Well, I think is I I'm a big believer in that thing about you know, almost all parents do the best they possibly can with the resources they have. Yeah, I mean, I think you're being generous. I just don't think they thought about it. Everyone feels like they're doing best, but the reality is that being a parent is fucking hard and you've got to put the hours in and that's the reality. If you're going to be that kind of hands-on parent, I don't want to change anything in my upbringing. I'm, I had an insanely privileged upbringing of, but I just know that, that that's not what I want for my kids. Mm. Like I'm, I'm there in a very hands-on day-to-day way every day. Now I get to do that because I'm a comic. So I work nights. So I get to do, and my wife doesn't drive. So I'm doing all the school runs. I'm doing all the you know shopping I'm doing and I'm there in the house all day and I'd rather play with my kids than work. I'm always like fascinated. To, what is the? What are they going to be bitching about? What have I done wrong? How have I <laughs> fucked up? Well, I tell you, you've done something because I don't know any parent either who's a, who's a parent of young children currently or who's like a like in my mum's generation who can sit back and go, "Oh, I did a brilliant job. I'm totally happy with every decision I made and the way I raised my children, and they've never had any problems." Like nobody can say that, can they? Uh, I t- yeah, I think there are. I mean, I think maybe because we are sort of comics or in that world I, do, I mean like when you meet some people they are they had very healthy normal upbringings and it's yeah. not and it's not there's uh so it's it's and it's kind of strange when you meet people like that like yeah no i love my parents and i call them all the time and i you know and they're great and, and i just that sort of blows my mind not that i don't actually i do actually spend a fair amount of time now with my parents but in terms of that being a young kid yeah. thing i uh it's a weird thing to say but i think i'm pretty amazing as a dad not as a person maybe but as a dad i feel like 
I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have like you know some anger comes out, some bit a little bit that, that, controlling, that's human, yeah, and all those things. You're but I think angry. just I think I'm pretty. I do feel pretty confident. So I'm trying to see where my weak areas are. What what have I done wrong? What are they going to talk to the therapist about in 30 years? <laughs> There'll be something. There's going to be something. That. But I don't know what. That's what I don't something. know what it, I wish I racked my brain. The only reason I get to be a good dad is because my wife is the most. Like, my wife is a child therapist, trained as a nanny, was a nanny for 15 years. Like, so there's no one more... Her whole being is about being a mum. Absolutely, 100%, never argue with her about any of that stuff. If she's got advice on me, I take it. I'm grateful for it. I cannot in any way compete with her in terms of her... She's a nurturing... She is Mother Earth and all that shit, right? But I'd like to think of my role as being, like getting them ready for real life <laughs> so they they're the nurse she's got they got the nurturing they're fully loved uh, you know but i like to think that i they that i can give what i the can give stuff. them yeah. yeah not the fun stuff no more like the neuroses like the, <laughs> the, the, the more interesting you know because i don't really want kids you've got to ask what you know do you want those kids who are just really you want them to be happy you know have a sense of self a good sense and be confident but you don't want someone who's just gonna kind of like just get an you know because they've got to have a bit of edge to them Mm. and i think i hopefully i give them the edge that's what i see my role phonics f a k (laughs) (laughs) so they've got to edgy i'd like to be like the real and i think that's a good balance is always my go-to word for for anything so hopefully we've got it um got it covered now says. to steal to steal ellie gibson's phrase what is your nugget of wisdom for fatherhood because it sounds like you you've, you've you've got a bit of confidence josh howie i do i like i said so much of it is because i do appreciate that a lot for most men most not the majority you know yeah are you know i'm basically a stay-at-home dad so we yeah. have a 50 50 thing with house care with with, with 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 housework and with all the child stuff mostly uh, but uh, can, I, can I just ask if she says do the dishes do you also do the pots well okay this is another thing. <laughs> yes or no Howie yes or no, no, no yes she, or no, no, no don't she, make us packs menu she doesn't say do the dishes because I do the dishes because oh, ooh, because well we, got a, we, well we bought it we bought a dishwasher obviously right. but no, fair enough. we've got she's my theory and I've been thinking about this is one person in a couple is a tidier. Yeah. And and one person is actually like a cleaner. Do you see what I mean? So my wife tidies. Like she'll move the books onto, and put them thing and think that that's cleaning. Right. That isn't cleaning. Cleaning yeah. is getting into the shit. Right. Getting in that fridge. I just cleaned out our fridge. Yeah. Like that's what cleaning is. You know what I mean? I cl- I clean that room. When if if I'm doing, that, I'm going to clean. You get, remove the carpets. You, you go underneath. You got to get to it. My 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 wife's. Can I just say you look really nice in this light? By the way, <laughs> okay. Have you got any problems in your marriage? <laughs> well. But just apart from that, we haven't talked for the last six hours. Oh, yeah, because the cupcake's fucking hell, yeah. Forget it, forget our magic Forget it, move on, move no, on. Not, cupcake I mean, gate, cupcake the, gate. The thing is, because my wife is such an angel and is the the source of all light and everybody loves her... And cannot fucking deal with money. Yeah, yeah but cannot deal with... No, but so they, you know, everybody, and including myself, knows that I'm the luckiest man alive. But it is weird where everybody, including my family, prefers her to me. Like, and that is, you know, because like I say, I'm just a bit, bit of a dick. So they include, and everybody knows that. 
So I think we complement each other. That's what we, we need. I, I, you know, I would say my my wife might say it was more like. 60 40 or 70 30 i think it's more like 50 50 myself when you add in ordering birthday presents online booking holidays and all the other shit sorting out did she do that no no me like yeah anything like that you know you're like a woman you're like a hybrid i'm a you know but that but that's the way i was sort of it was was my mum. she was main breadwinner really you know even though my dad was joint part of the company stuff but she was the figurehead of that sort of stuff for me that's always been my reality all my bosses have always been women all of my you know my you know the, the main breadwinners even my grandmother was like my grandfather was like in mental hospitals and stuff from the war and she was the one taking care of all the business stuff so i've never so it's always been weird for me because for me women have always been in control so in a way that it might sounds be amazing me. well it sounds amazing that that's what it's like yeah me. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily make, but then I think that could come out in resentment. Like yeah. one of the first jokes I work did, which isn't funny. I'm not saying it's funny in any way because it's not. It was like a joke I wrote 15 years ago. It was about being a feminist misogynist because it was like, yeah, women are better than men and all that stuff. And then I hate them for it. But that was the way I was raised is like, is to be resentful because that, that masculine crisis, like I never even had a chance to be masculine and I hate so I don't like being around. I always much more comfortable around women. Uh, I've not hate football. My aim in life is to get my. Th- I've got three sons and a daughter. If I can ensure that none of them are into football, I will be insanely happy. As long as you know, and they don't listen to Oasis and they don't get into lad culture and they don't, you know, that whole thing. Don't grow a penis. Yeah, the penis is no. I've got a penis. That's all fine. But it just. <laughs> But what yeah. if they do like those things? Isn't that just as bad as trying to stop a boy from liking ballet or painting or uh, so-called girly things? No, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I'm not going to go and spend my Sundays on football, field, you know, and I've sort of, I'm yeah. absolutely brainwashing my kids and I don't give a shit. Yeah. Now, they can rebel against it later on and, and, and all that stuff, but right now, I am I'm in full-on, like, they're, what you know, reading comic books... They're playing board games with me. I'm getting them into all the things that I'm into. You will play the violin. You will play the lute. I don't know if I'm into the violin. No, but what I'm saying is I'm creating these mini clones. So I've got someone to go to like Star Trek conventions with. You know what I mean? Now, later on, they can. that's the sort of thing they're going to be telling them. Oh, yeah. my dad yeah. wouldn't let me play football. Now, now don't dress up as Deanna Troy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So, shall we play a game? Oh, yes, please. I love games. Yes! Um, so, what I've done, I have written a game based on your love of film. Yes. Your love of comedy, your love of writing, and love of being a dad. And love of life. Yeah, and it's called Holly Dad. The game is you have to guess where the quote is from. Okay. And it will be from a famous dad in a Hollywood film. Okay. Ah, nice. Okay. Okay. So I've got quotes from all American famous films that okay. you would love the dad in. Okay, so okay. probably like American Pie is probably one of your... Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> don't, 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 don't assume. Oh, don't get all, all cocky, right, Josh. All right, all right, all right. You had your sky movies. Okay, okay. You know. fine, fine, fine. Okay, Mama. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Right. What? Okay, okay. Women have choices and men have responsibilities. Godfather. No, <laughs> Parenthood. Yes. Come on, Steve Martin. Yes. Boom. Wow. Gibson won. That's a great film. And the film. Gone. A great film. A great okay. Movie. Okay. And Steve Martin says that. Steve Martin said, women have choices and men have responsibilities. That's just, that seems like bullshit. That's just like... Don't really... analyze it. Just keep going. Just keep a, going. That's an just annoying again, line. That's go. a shit line. You're just a sore loser. Okay, come on. Let's go. Let's I am, go. I am you a sore are. Loser. I can I am, see I am, through I am, your veil. Absolutely. Okay, ready? 
This is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. Uh, fa- oh. Family vacation. National National Rapids uh, holiday American vacation. vacation. Holiday. No, the first Christmas. second one though. Christmas oh, they go to Wally World. Christmas. Yes, yeah. Ellie. Uh, yeah, the first one then. Let me. Yes. That he's a good dad. Tim that character. That character. That's the kind of dad I like. You know, like yeah. over trying too hard, fucking it up. Yeah. Okay, you ready for some more American accent? Go, go. Oh, okay. I build 50-story skyscrapers. I assemble cities of the future. I can certainly put together a diaper. Oh, oh uh, uh, three-minute three baby. baby. Yeah. Thomas Alec. Yes! Come on! <laughs> I want to buy eight hot dogs and eight hot dog buns to go with them. But no one sells eight hot dog buns. Yeah. Sounds... Follow the bride's divine. Yeah, come on! Jesus Christ. Child of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of Steve Martin. Okay. No, okay. absolutely. Moving on. With fronds like these, who needs an enemies? Jean de Florette. Sorry, the accent confused me. Uh, oh, a funny Nemo. Yeah. Kicking it in Yeah, you're really... Himself. I mean, if you actually had to raise some quotes from some, like, good films, <laughs> I might... Not that Can finding, you believe Josh Howe is a man? Not that, that, not, that, not that Finding Nemo is not a good film. It's fine. I would say it's probably my least... One of my least favourites of the pixel oeuvre... <laughs> Okay. Or even Pixar. Yeah. Pixel. Pixar. Oh, man. I'm getting busted. Disney Pixel Animation. The audience just said, I'm mixing wine and alcohol. Oh, you're thinking I'm of DreamWorks. Dream- oh, my God. I'm being busted. I'm being slapped all over the place here. This is terrible. Walt Dinsey <laughs> Animation. Oh, man. She's bringing them on. She's got so many of them. Ready? Okay. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. It's not like women, what women want. No. It's to kill a mockingbird. Board? <laughs> Is it to it's... kill a mockingbird? Yes. Oh my God. It's... Okay, ready? Yeah. A man who doesn't spend time with his family can never really be a real man. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Oh, that's like some gangster film or something. Mm-hmm. That might be The Godfather. Godfather. Yes. Oh, we both go at the same time. We both say yes, okay. very good. Okay, okay, the last one. You ready, Ellie? Why are you saying... I've... I'm... Can you ask me if I'm ready as well? So wow, neat. so neat. Why do you have to? Why are you asking? Why are you giving her an unfair advantage by asking her if she's ready? She's that reason why she's winning is because you're constantly asking if she's ready and you're not asking right, if I, I'm I, ready. Josh Howie, Contest- are, you, are you ready? I am now. You okay? No, I don't like losing. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm very relaxed if it helps. I feel like you've been sent these questions before. I have not. No, I have not. not. No, they no. might just be. No, I know about. Okay. No, no, no. I would like to change this. I'm going to say the most wanky thing ever, and it is this: you know about movies. These are movies, not films. You know to kill a mockingbird. That's I would. That's a book more than a film. That's a book. I'm having the best time right, of my life. Oh, he's going upstairs. Research, re-research calm, this quiz. Calm down. But just putting quotes from Three Colours Blue. Okay, one more quote and then we uh, can all have a no, cry. I, what, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. all right, Josh. No, it's all right. all right. This is not good. I'm humiliated here. <laughs> you can't take away, like, just because you get these quotes from films doesn't mean you know more about film than me. It's I, so, if okay. you're, that's all I've got in life. Here's the funny thing. Here's my thing about Here's film. the funny thing. It's just a game. Nobody said that. Nobody <laughs> no, said I'm that. saying that. Was that. What would that's, be that's the is thinking they're thinking my god he thinks he knows about films he doesn't even know Father of the Bride 3 <laughs> actually it was number one but yeah, anyway number one. I've se- and I've seen that film many many times well clearly not enough <laughs> not uh, I just have bad recalls okay. too many films it's okay Josh it's no it's right. not right you're right. still a winner no 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 no. he's not though he's literally lost I don't even want to play it I don't even want to I've lost it it's all over for me it's not a winner oh You've taken away something from me. Come on now. I'm very excited. Okay, okay, here we go. I'm going to fully commit myself to this mentally. 
I'll be watching you, and if I find you trying to corrupt my firstborn child, oh, I will bring you down, baby. I will bring you down to Chinatown. Oh no, no, no it's like do- Dockers. Don't meet the fuckers. Yes. Uh, ah, there we are. Yeah, yeah. Good on you, Josh. Oh, some dignity <laughs> reclaimed at the end. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I think Ellie deliberately didn't get that to to be nice. It's time for the Scummy Mummy Confessions. Yes, it is. Uh, Have you got a Scummy Mummy Confession for us? Uh, What's the name? James McAvoy, speaking of film stars, movie stars, uh, lives quite close to us. And uh, we uh, got children about the same age. And he was in the park and he was chatting to my wife. Anyway, I was changing a nappy and... I was really trying to be like, ooh, look at me, I'm a dad like you, we should hang out, like sending that vibe. But on my son's dick was a bit of shit. (laughs) And it just wouldn't come off. And I was just like, do I put the nappy back on or do I really get this piece of shit? What would James McAvoy do? I was like, what's which one is gonna make is he gonna respect me? So it was a real dilemma because like, mm. I want to be friends with James McAvoy. I want him to just bring me into his life. You know, in the end I gave up. I just had to, he had to have, a, he just had to have that shit on his dick. And I'm sorry if any social services are listening, but my son had a piece of poo on his willy. And are you James McAvoy's new best friend? Nope. Didn't work. I think oh. he obviously went, he wanted the clean dick. He, he, did, not <laughs> he did not respect. You heard this first He did not respect me. Illy? I just want to say, I want to say hello to Hannah, who I met in Clark's in Bromley the other day. Oh, the glamour. And and this lady came up to me and she said, oh, excuse me, are you a scummy mummy? And I said, yes, are you a scummy mummy? And it was like we were Russian spies and it was really cool. And then she was like, oh, I listen to the podcast. And I was like, oh, thank you. And it was all lovely. And while I was busy sort of basking in the lovely glow, um, I sort of was completely ignoring my children who were systematically swiping every single shoe <laughs> off all the shelves in the whole of Bromley Clarks. But it was all about ego for that moment. It was. That's it. We're at the end of the podcast. Wonderful Josh Howie. Thank you for being a splendid guest. Absolute pleasure. It's been so wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to you for listening. Uh, if you do like the podcast, please tell your friends. Please leave us an iTunes review because that pushes us up the charts, doesn't it? And we've got a few exciting gigs coming up. We've got um, Cat Festival, which is going to be amazing. <sighs> oh, yeah. Get those wellies ready. That's right. Get we'll be wellies. on the Guardian stage with Sarah Cox. Oh, my God. She's amazing. amazing. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. I'll give you a bonus round. I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> it sounds like Rob Roy or something. It's taken. <laughs> I'd love that film. That for, Now, he is a great dad. Oh, it's a film, that. It's not a movie. He, is that right? Okay, you're right. That is a movie. But oh, okay. that, I would okay, say, right, right. but you know what? That is, almost elevates itself to art. I have seen that film more than and any... And yet you still didn't know the quote. Oh my God, that's no, no, but, No, maybe I just didn't know the accent. I was like, oh, well, I did get the right... Well, actually, saying that, I did say Rob Roy, which is, you know, Liam Neeson is in is Rob Roy. So maybe it was the accent, mm. you know, whatever. Yeah, and that'd work on Mastermind. No, but it was more your pausing was wrong. That mm. was a, I will find you. It was my... Like I will find... I will find... You know, it was like... Because you, you were like, I will find you. And I will... No, he doesn't speak that angrily. It's more like controlled. It's like, I will find you. And when I find you. I will kill you. It was more. It's more threatening. Yeah. I didn't know Woody Allen was in Taken. That's amazing. <laughs> that hurts. Because he said he's modelled himself on Woody Allen. Oh, no, I would say, but as a dad, I would say I've modelled myself more. I have more in common with uh, Liam Neeson in Taken. But I've got to be honest. The one thing is, when I get, if I had like done the right, I've gone all over the planet. 
I've run, I've killed all these people, I've run hundreds of miles, I've got in a car, I've been tortured, all this shit. I get there at the end, killed all these people on the boat, and then finally in front of me is like my beautiful, beloved daughter. Okay? Yeah. At that moment, I would say, I fucking told you so. <laughs> <laughs> now get that Diamante bikini off yeah, and get yeah, in the Uber. Absolutely. <laughs> this is exactly what happens when you get into you 2 and you travel around Europe to follow them. How is this not going to happen? Yeah. That was that you listened to your fucking mom yeah. and she fucking said it was fine and I fucking so listen to me. Thank you very much. That's what I would say. You didn't even uh, listen to us when you was in Lost. You ended up buried on that bloody yeah. island. Look she's at never, the state of you now. She's never going to learn her lesson. No, she never will. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.